folks, and welcome back to another episode of your Brains Coach podcast. My name is Angela Sharina. I'm your host. I'm your Brains Coach. And it is my job here to bring to you the best science has to offer the best brain body tools so you optimize your brain. You know how your brain works. You'll know how to use it to make everything work better in your life instead of often feeling like your brain is playing some game against you and God knows what it has in mind. Um, so here we're learning the best brain body tools to feel, look, and do your best. That's the short version. And today we are continuing our conversation about this amazing book, Seven Days to More Joy and Ease, The Stress Prescription, written by PhD Elisa Apple. And uh, on Wednesday, we did part number one. We went through, so the book is structured day number one to seven. And each day, you're kind of supposed to be reading a chapter and then doing some of the practices that are uh, in this chapter to get better at stress. And folks, stress, as we talked on Wednesday, by the way, don't forget to check out this episode because there we talked how stress um, is a lot about how you perceive any situation, how you choose to perceive, where you choose to focus, how you choose to interpret, right? And you, um, and there, and I told the story about gazelle and lion, you know, lion chasing gazelle, both experience stress, but it's quite the opposite kind of stress. One is highly beneficial and the other is not so much. So we talked about that on Wednesday. Quite a lot of exercises. Those are like fundamental exercises if you tend to um, be stressed by um, you know things that go unplanned or things you cannot control or it's uh, hard for you to um, put a stressful situation to ease and, and focus on something that you cannot control. Or again, if you are often feel like you're a gazelle, like you're a victim, instead of being the lion chasing your goal and experiencing stress that make that is making you stronger, right? All of that is on Wednesday. Today, we're talking about days four to seven. And um, I actually like this part better because it's a little bit more positive and focused on things that uh, I enjoy doing more, uh, even though the foundational practices are just as important because the you know, worst parts of our stressors in our life are the ones that are going to take us down. So re-listen again to the episode that we did on Wednesday. And today, let's continue. Let's jump into it. So day number four, the name of the chapter is Train for Resilience. And the whole idea of the chapter is your when you physically adapt to stressors better, you also adapt to stressors better mentally and emotionally. And the whole idea of the chapter is if you want to deal better with stress, you got to train for stress resilience before stress happens. You got to expose yourself to hormetic stress. Hormetic, the term means something that is bad for us in big doses, like a lot of chronic stress. But given a little bit every single day and actually good for us because it makes ourselves and ourselves as a total body and mind stronger. And so this chapter, day number four, is dedicated to practices that are designed to help you build that resilience. And these practices are physical. And what they know now 
in the research, in neuroscience um, experiments and, you know, working with a lot of people, what they know now is that physical stress or resilience to physical stress translates into resilience to mental cognitive to emotional stressors. So when you stress your body with uh, things that I'm going to propose in a moment, you and you learn to recover, you make yourself stronger, you actually also make your nervous system stronger and you go through any stressor in your life uh, with much more resilience, meaning you deal with it when it comes, you don't panic, your prefrontal cortex learns how to stay online while, while you're going through stressful situations, and then you're able to make decisions to deal with that and then recover soon after instead of ruminating on it and allowing it to last instead of a day, weeks, and months, how it happens for a lot of people who don't practice um, any sorts of stress management, right? So train for resilience. The practices that are suggested in the chapter that have been shown to be very beneficial and effective um, in research, two practices, basically. Hit it, uh, that means do high-intensity interval training. And again, with physical exercise, a lot of people get it wrong. You don't need to get the effect, especially when it comes to high-intensity interval training. You don't need to train for 30 minutes or even 20 minutes to get the effect. Like five, seven minutes done with the right intensity is actually what you need to stress your cells, to stress your body, and then recover and then get on with your day. So when I train um, high performance, when I train entrepreneurs and executives, when I coach them, um, they are very short on time. That's the commonality. And uh, when it comes to physical exercise, if that's not something they enjoy doing, they're like, okay, what's the least I need to be doing? And the least that they need to be doing, what I recommend is high intensity interval training. Do it for five, seven minutes every single day. Um, And then of course, you know, keep your... um, step count um, so your body uh, overall is healthy and your metabolism is is healthy and you prevent all kinds of diseases of uh, older age. So keep your step count and do this five, seven minutes of high intensity interval training to stress your cardiovascular system and your cells and uh, your muscles and your respiratory system to also boost that dopamine and adrenaline that keep you awake, alert, learning, getting stuff done. And then, then get on with your day, especially good when you accompany it with cold shower. And that is actually practice number two cold exposure. Uh, cold exposure consistently in every human being, maybe in Wim Hof, not so much, I don't know. But for most human beings, stress induces, or cold shower induces stress um, rapidly and consistently. And that's a good thing because you get the stress, you get like, you know, in cold shower for one minute, then you can turn on hot shower, but your cells got the message, you got the stressor, this hermetic stress that when in small doses, consistently you get the a positive effect of being stress resilient. And then also actually the third practice, there were three practices, bonus practice is um, sauna and exposure, exposing yourself to hot temperatures that also stresses your um, whole body, your cellular machinery. And after that, you recover and you get stronger. So again, physical resilience translates into mental and emotional resilience and you deal with stress better in life, again, shown in research, when you 
endure when you expose yourself to stressors uh, physically. Now, day number five, that's when my favorite stuff starts happening. Uh, Let nature do the work. This chapter and uh, day number five in the stress prescription book is all about how positive nature is and how effective it is in helping us to deal with stress, in helping us to lower that stress, helping us to de-stress and get back to our balance, to our normal. Um, And a lot of people think that they need to either go away to some forest or um, to, you know, live by the ocean or like be live by some big park. But it's, it's not necessary to have the anti-inflammatory de-stressing effect of nature that is universal, that is prescribed by many professionals, even clinical professionals to certain patients who are dealing with a lot of stress. It's very effective. But again, nature doesn't have to be over-consuming and overwhelming. You don't need to go away and you don't need to live on the beach or by a big park or a forest. Even though yeah, I must confirm, and the research shows, and it's um, it's it's talk in the book that full immersion when you're in wild nature, yes, it works best, it works faster, but also what works pretty damn good is what they call urban nature, and that can be you know green rooftop where you spend your lunch break. That can be a beautiful cafe that held, that has a lot of plants. Um, that can be a city park, even if it's like a corner park, a small one, not, you know, something like Central Park in New York or a big park in another city. It can be something really small, but natural. You know, some fountain, some greenery, even looking at the sky, believe it or not, will have this positive natural effect. Even looking at picture, believe it or not. And speaking of pictures, so the type of nature number three uh, or the type of nature exposure uh, in the book, uh, the practice is called bring, bring nature to you. And it means m- many things like you can put plants uh, in your apartment or maybe, you know, if you work in an office, um, you can bring one plant, even small one and put it on your desk. desk. Um, it can also mean listening to nature sounds, whether at home or maybe while working. It can also mean using some essential oils of lavender or cedar, you know, something that you enjoy and something that reminds you of nature. So all of that actually also works. But it's very important to use nature every single day. If not every single day, then at least every other day. I think somewhere they prescribe in New Zealand, um, I think that's what I read, they prescribe two hours of nature per week, at least three times per week. Um, They actually prescribe it to deal with stress and to work on um, anxiety, on stress and related issue. Um, So exposure, daily exposure, consistent exposure, that's what matters. Whichever way you can do, again, wild nature is, of course, the best, big parks are the best, but then also enjoying nature in smaller ways also works, like urban parks or green rooftop or beautiful cafe or plants in your in your own place, or even nature sounds in essential oils. And again, even looking at pictures works much better than nothing. Number six, don't just relax, restore. 
And that has to do with the fact that sometimes we think that we sit down after a day of work and we watch something and that is relaxation. That is not actually relaxation. Your brain is not really relaxing. It's still paying attention and still your dopamine system is being stimulated. Sorry, I'm going to drink some water. Watching Netflix is not relaxing. Going to some nightclub with a lot of loud music is not relaxing. Uh, going to some place with a lot of people is not relaxing. Uh, well, it, it might be more relaxing than doing work, but it is not restorative. And in the book, Elisa talks a lot about this difference when we think we are relaxing, but deep stress, restorative stress is actually something else, you know, things like, yeah, nature. But then also when you are in your home, for example, what helps, and this is the practice she prescribes, it has several parts. So you create some sort of temple or restoration corner where you can just really relax, you know, close your eyes, sit or lay down and just pay attention to your self internally, not the outside world. Creating this space, this uh, corner of peace where you can really just let go, right? And the second practice, once you have this corner or, you know, find, find a place in your house or wherever you are, then do the breathing practice. That is one of the most effective restorative practices out there. It's been researched and there are so many ways now you can breathe to start restoring your capacity, de-stressing and and really getting your body into a different kind of vibe where your body is again restoring its resources, not just being stationary and not moving. No, but it's truly restoring its resources. So the breathing that Elisa recommends is four, six, eight, four, breathe in. So four counts, right? One, two, three, you breathe in, then you hold for six, one, two, three, four, five, six, and then you breathe out for eight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's what you do. And then usually they recommend it, you know, for at least five minutes, do that. I mean, even one breath is better than no breath, but um, three, five minutes is much better or even more. And then for daily for a daily practice, when you, when you don't necessarily retreat to your peaceful temple, what you can do and what helps to start restoring on a consistent basis, on a daily basis, what helps is just stopping. And instead of worrying about what's going to happen or worrying about the outside world and pay attention to yourself, like tune in, okay, what is happening in my body? You know, where my breath is. Like, am I, you know, is there a tension in my shoulders or in my back or in my legs or in my feet? Like, is there a tension in my mind? Just pay attention to your breathing and you don't have to change it. Just pay attention to what's happening inside of you. It's a good idea if you have a place where you can just close your eyes and, and relax. Even having like a moment of that, it really helps to switch your nervous system and get it more into parasympathetic or rest and digest from that this sympathetic and stress response, like ready to go, ready to fight, right? A lot of people actually are in this state from the moment they open their eyes to the moment they go to bed, like fighting with the world, right? And those moments of mindfulness, just paying attention to what is in the moment, not in the future, not in the past, 
you know, kind of enjoying and experiencing life with your senses, tuning into yourself and you're like, okay, what am I experiencing? What the world is like? These moments really help to bring your stress, your daily stress levels down. So again, don't just relax, restore. Remember that just by sitting on your ass doesn't isn't restorative. You, watching Netflix or movies or being in a loud place is also not restorative. What is restorative is being present, is being able to relax, to let go, and doing this breath work, you know, physiological side, uh, according to research, seems to be the most effective. You know, when you do double inhale, and then long exhale, and you do it for five minutes in research, uh, Andrew Huberman's lab uh, participated in that or organized it, so it has been shown the most restorative um, breathing practice. And again, double inhale, um, exhale, and you can... YouTube, Google it, physiological sigh, and you'll find it. So that is also very, very restorative practice. I do it at least once a day, every day. Uh, usually at the beginning of my day, because I want to start my day on a peaceful note, on an aware note, relaxed, not rushing and stressing. And now on that note, how I start my day, let's move to the day number seven and practices um, on the described uh, on the day number seven of the seven days for more joy and ease written by Elisa Apple. So this day number seven, start full and full. And this chapter is all about the beginning and the end of your day that actually defines very often the quality of your day and how you remember your days. So I just told you that I start my day with this breath work or yoga nidra to bring my nervous system into a present relaxed state from where I can make much better decisions. By the way, if you didn't know that, when you are stressed, you're actually making very short-term decisions, and the amount of options you see is limited. That's also been shown in research. So if you want to make short-term decisions that just fix something really quick, but long-term don't really work, yeah, in a stressed state, that's exactly what you're going to do. Breathwork helps you to bring yourself back to a more um, restorative state where you make long-term decisions and your perspective opens up and you see a lot more choices instead of just, again... Uh, acting on your fear and stress. So start how you start your day and how you finish your day very often will define the quality of your day, the quality of your week, of your months, and of your whole life. So how to start the day according to research and what Elisa Apple recommends. Start the day by just staying a little bit more in bed and staying present for the moment and ask yourself, what am I looking forward towards today? To set your mood, you ask yourself that. Like, what am I looking forward to to today? What is amazing, great, good is about to happen? And, you know, sometimes it's going to be big, but sometimes it can be, I'm really looking forward to having my first cup of coffee. Uh, to be honest, I very often have this thought. I'm looking forward, not like I gotta have coffee. No, but like, I'm looking forward to it. I really enjoy my coffee with dark chocolate and walnuts. By the way, it's an amazing combination. Try it. Not just it tastes amazing, amazing, but it's also amazing for your brain. Of course, chocolate has to be dark, the darkest you can find, and coffee without, you know, sugars, etc. And walnuts should be walnuts. Um, but that being said, you know, what are you looking forward to? And it doesn't have to be big. 
and doesn't have to be like sensational, like anything, small moments. Those are the moments, the, uh, how you cherish those, those moments, those will define the quality of your life because big moments, you know, they're like what, you know, once a week, a month, a year, if you just leave from one to another and the rest of the time you're just stressed and not enjoying anything, well, that's quite miserable life experience. And research also confirms that. So what are you looking forward to? Just take a few minutes when you open up your eyes and spend them thinking about that. Like, what am I looking forward to in my day? Why my day is amazing today? And then also uh, additional practice. What am I grateful for today already? Right, My health, my warm bed, my parents being healthy, having friends, living in this amazing place, having great community, having the job that I actually quite enjoy, right? Being alive, being fully present, have the ability at least to do that. And just ask yourself and you realize how rich you already are and how many things you are you do have to look forward to. So that's practice A and then practice B the you know the title of the week is start full and full practice number two or b it's about finishing your day with gratitude and here are a couple of you know questions and practices to do at the end of the day again you might be already in bed some people love journaling about that that is even more helpful so at the end of your day just ask yourself okay what what am i grateful for that happened today um a couple of more questions that might help what went better uh, than I expected? You know, maybe you didn't expect to see this person and you totally enjoyed the encounter. Maybe you didn't expect to get this help at work and, and you did it uh, and, you, and you got it and it made so many things so much easier. Maybe you learned something new that you, ha- you didn't expect to learn, but you did. And now it feels like so much fun and your world is a little bit brighter because of that. Um, so what went better that you expected? And then another one, uh, what made me smile today? Uh, maybe a joke by a loved one, uh, someone in your family, your friend, uh, your coworker, or maybe you just heard something funny on the news, even though that is a rare occurrence. <laughs> I must say that's why I don't uh, listen to, to the news. So what made you smile? Uh, It's maybe a funny remark of somebody on the street or a funny interaction or bumping into someone and just kind of like, you know, being all clumsy around each other. You know, there are so many things that make me smile personally Uh, when I'm not in my head trying to (laughs) figure out how to change the world, right? When you're present, there are so many moments that actually make you smile. Maybe there is a funny animal that, you know, or a bird, and they just, you know, kind of behaved funny. So many things. Uh, If you're present for them, life will give you a lot, a lot, a lot of reasons to smile and to feel joy. And that is the day number seven. You know, start your day basically with a smile and end it with a smile. And there are no lack of reasons to be smiling, folks. And that, with that, we conclude our book as well. So I hope you enjoyed going through this book with me. If you enjoyed it, then let me know. We'll do more book research. We'll do more more deep dives into different books and all the practices. For me, it helps me to to learn the book better, to memorize the practices, right? So I then I could help with these practices to people I know and to my clients. I just internalize this book, but I also you know, I teach it to you so I understand it better. 
And um, I read a lot of books um, on performance and um, changing our minds and brains and our energy. Um, so if you want folks, me to go deeper into the books I read, especially the ones that are super practical like this one, then please do let me know. You can reach uh, reach me at Angela at BrainBreakthroughCoach.com, Angela at BrainBreakthroughCoach.com, or on my Instagram, Angela Brain Body Coach. That's my handle on Instagram, Angela Brain Body Coach. Find me there. And tell me if you loved exploring this book with me. And also, of course, don't forget to start practicing these tools. And I think if you want to put them into consistent practice, then please do share this podcast episode, these two podcast episodes that covered the whole book, the one we did on Wednesday, the last episode, and this episode. So share these episodes with people you love, your friends, your co-workers, other geeks like yourself. Uh, share it, practice together, you know, maybe one a week, like one area, you know, one practice, uh, one day from the book, or maybe one a day um, if you want to go through the book as author suggest. So share to practice and to learn it better and to actually master the skill because knowledge isn't is nothing. Unless you put it into practice, knowledge doesn't change your life. Like it just doesn't. So put it into practice and you'll see how your stress management, stress resilience will improve. And with that, you know what happens, what it actually means, folks? It means that you'll be able to go after bigger things, not being fearful or worried or anxious. But just jumping into that, like, you know, I, I lived in 15 countries. There are so many moments that are still happening when I'm just jumping into it, having no backup plan, no safety net. I'm just jumping into the fog, not even sure where I'm jumping into. But that allows you to catch those opportunities that are on the way that nobody sees, that just happen to be there where you are. And then your uh, possibilities become like really limitless. You can meet anywhere anyone in the world and end up doing something really great that will never would happen if you just stayed safe because you felt fearful and because you felt like you cannot handle the stress and uncertainty that comes with it. The reason why I'm able to tolerate so much uncertainty is because I do really great job with stress management tools and then I know I can tolerate almost freaking anything and still enjoy the ride. And my life for sure feels like a ride sometimes, but that's for another day, folks. So have a beautiful weekend, share the podcast, reach out, but for sure, share, review, rate. That helps this podcast, that helps me, that helps us to create a better world. So share, enjoy your weekend, work on your stress resilience so your life opens up and sparkles with opportunities. Until next time, stay tuned.